Hey guys, welcome to our SoulFam podcast where I interview space holders from all over the world. I'm your host, my name is Carolina, and I'm the manifestation mentor. Today on the show, we have Sean, the soul purpose and spiritual life coach. Welcome to the show, Sean. How are you doing? Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited and so elated to be here, by the way. Yeah, so I'm doing great. I am very looking forward to it. It was such a random switch we made. So always excited to start things spontaneously. So here I am. Amazing. I'm very excited too, because the things that we are going to touch upon today are very, very relevant for me right now in my life, because mm -hmm. for the last few days I've been questioning, am I actually following my soul's purpose? Am I in alignment with my dharma and all these things and i would love to talk to you about it because your background and where you come from is really big on all this stuff and so i would love to start with the definition of dharma first if uh, anyone who listens doesn't really know what it is exactly for sure so dharma is a word that has been widely and vaguely and very vastly used in indian and hindu philosophy it also comes from buddhist roots but it has so many meanings so if you look up online or if you go ahead and read vedas and everything the ancient scriptures from india so you will find it has multiple meanings but the context that we are talking about right now or the context that it is supposed to be when it comes to life purpose is literally what exactly is your purpose in life what you came here to do what you came here to share with other people what your mission is so that is what dharma means in that context that being said dharma has variety of definitions and one of them is living your truth so eventually everyone dharma ends up being enlightenment or seeking the spiritual path so we as a humanity we also have a collective dharma yes but we also have individual dharma how you channelize that collective dharma through you so one person can channelize it by being a spiritual life coach another person can channelize it by being an engineer so it can depend upon different different people but it's who you authentically are expression your personal expression yeah Mm -hmm. So from this standpoint, it's not something that is changing for us over life if this is coming from our truth and our essence or can it change and shift depending on what we authentically feel in the moment? exactly that's quite a question because it does happen as kids we had this perception that we're gonna find this one career and we're gonna go ahead with life just like marriage happens somehow in our heads you know so that has been a perception that has been fed to us that once you adopt this thing you are gonna go ahead with this for the entire life but what happens as we as consciousness and we as humans evolve dharma is also gonna evolve and it's gonna change one day you want to write a book about dharma and the other day you might want to be all of a sudden all about embodiment for example right so things keep shifting, things keep changing. As you evolve, your dharma also evolves. As you evolve, the message that you share also evolves. So it's gonna keep changing, yes, but it's also gonna be, there's also this underlying thing to it. There's gonna be underlying authentic thread to it, which can stay same, but it does not have to, obviously. Mm, so how do we know if this is our dharma or not? Because from my perspective, we can sometimes have our decisions and behaviors and actions that we take from a place of egoic identification, meaning our patterns, our programs, our uh, society and culture and what peop other people want us to do rather than our true essence. So what is like, are there any helpful questions or w specific ways to discover our dharma to know that, okay, this is it for sure, rather than something mm -hmm. that someone has told me at some point and now it's just programmed within me? 
exactly so there are a set of questions we can ask ourselves there are a set of feelings that we can assess that okay i am feeling like this while following this passion of mine so this could be my dharma that being said one of the key things that need to be emphasized is that dharma does not have to be just one thing you can have multiple things happening and they can be expression of your soul purpose your life purpose or your dharma so yeah to question to ask is does this excite you does it serve others will you do it for free not that you have to but had there been a situation that you would just love to share this wisdom you would love to do this thing would you just absolutely do it for no exchange you know so these are the questions we can always ask ourselves and be like okay if i am ready to do it for free if i'm ready to do it no matter what if i feel excited just by the thought of it and you know if it is also helping others if it is serving others most probably this is your dharma Mm. And what if, for example, in my life, I, I told you that recently I've been reevaluating my dharma and my purpose in here, because at some point, let's say for the last three months, I was very excited about something that I was creating, but I had a situation with one of my clients that completely smashed me when it comes to like emotions and, um, let's say. Uh, confidence and certainty in doing this specific thing and so now i feel like okay i have been excited about it for the last few months and i still haven't even fully completed what i wanted to do but right now because of this situation i feel like it has completely flipped 180 degrees everything that i've already built within myself the confidence the certainty like this is it this is my path and this is what i'm supposed to do and it's like a you know 10 year vision and whatever and now it all pretty much went to shit because i'm just like mm -hmm. i don't have motivation i don't feel passion towards it at all i don't feel like i want to do things that i wanted to do just a moment ago because like it completely just flipped and even now after i released the emotions that attracted the situation manifested the situation in my life um I don't have this this emotional charge behind it anymore, but it still took away all my motivation, all my passion, all my drive to do this very specific program, right? So how do I discover mm -hmm. if it's only about temporary state that I'm in versus if it's the universe telling me, look, you're not supposed to go this way? Mm, exactly. Uh, so it's very common for us all to go through phases in dharma it's very common just like we talk about emotional spiral it's as if anytime you you are going through anything you're going to go ahead and dig deeper into it just to discover the deep rooted beliefs in it exactly the process that you just talked about that you have released the emotions and everything dharma when it goes through evolution just like we as human beings go go through our individual evolutions we're going to go through highs and lows to see if it is going to some things we can only figure out in hindsight that being said even though there will be times when you feel the loss of motivation loss of the drive to do it there're going to be things that you're like okay maybe i can work on this aspect of it and then i can motivate myself maybe i can work on this small element of this business and then i can feel excited about it so you know these things will this is going to be more of a journey more of a process but it's more going to be that okay I can feel one if of just a part of it is making you feel like that then it is not something to question it is just a phase where we can add some elements to this dharma of ours we can add extra things that can excite us but if you feel that the entirety of it has is on the edge of verge of losing motivation and not doing it at all then maybe 
we want to rest a bit and we want to see how it goes because as people you know as humans we have this tendency to be always on the fire you know always on go 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 mode i'm excited about it i'll make it happen i'll make it happen i'll do this i'll do this everything whenever such signals comes from the universe i think it's universe is all it's saying is settle back be patient answers are going to unfold to you same happens with dharma right so we always talk about three phases in dharma so in ayurveda we have three things vat pith or kaf that vat is air element very someone who who occupies the very airy element pitta is when it is very fiery and kapha is when it is earthy so all of these elements are what make us even in dharma these elements are there so there's going to be dharma phases in our dharma when we will be in our pitta element we'll be all about i'll make this happen i'll do this i'll rock it i'll you know i'll create things so very fiery element then if we do not give ourselves the pause ourselves we are going to be like universe is going to give us a kick and it's going to be like okay now it's your time to be in kapha kapha is more restful stay stationary focus on yourself see how things are unfolding take a slow pace you know things like that and then there is also this third phase which is called vata these phase phases keep going so you know you start with vata vata is very airy when you have ideas you know that phase when you are all excited oh i'll i'll create a podcast i'll create my coaching program i'll write my book i'll do this 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 all of that and then from vata we have to come to pitta why because all the ideas are not going to go anywhere if we do not execute them so pitta is the phase of execution then comes kapha when you are like okay now i've created this thing maybe i need to take a step back maybe i need to rest a bit maybe i need to nurture myself so all of these phases are going to keep going in our life and we just need to embrace them as they come so you probably could be that you have worked so hard and you've been all fiery 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 now maybe you need to just give yourself some space mm yeah i just feel like i've been giving myself space for the last two weeks and it doesn't seem like it's changing at all i still don't feel mm-hmm. like working i burned myself out completely or i was working daily and just with a little break for food and then my body mm-hmm. said like okay i i'm literally not able to work at all and for the last two weeks i barely did anything i mean i did things here and there like i had podcast schedules or some sessions or whatever but not mm-hmm. in the way that was towards my purpose towards what i originally thought that i uh, that i'm going to do and that's why i'm just questioning you know because like if i don't feel motivated still like if i burnt out burnt myself out like i don't know actually i've never had a burnout before so it's hard for me to say mm-hmm. right i've never literally it never happened to me earlier so i don't know how long it takes for people or it will take for me to even get back on track but i'm also thinking well maybe i'm supposed to do something completely else because right now my business is all online and maybe i'm supposed to be in person with people because this is where i actually really blossom and really thrive and so do you have any helpful questions for someone in a situation like me to discover like okay is this the way to go or is it just universe slapping me and being like wake the f up mm-hmm. like you're not supposed to go this direction yeah one thing that i would like to specifically mention is that whenever we talk about burnout whenever we talk about rest rest has to not just happen from an outside perspective what i mean by that is you will say that okay i am resting so because if you see my schedule is all set 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 and i'm resting very well i am resting because i'm not working on anything but would you say that your mind is at rest would you say that you are not at all thinking about that situation oh absolutely no exactly no absolutely not my mind is crazy exactly and th- there was intensity to the situation so we uh, you must have heard of this example that whenever we guys go through an accident physically we understand it very well that you know that 
it it has to be healed it has to take the time that it has to take for it to happen the healing to happen we don't see that very same thing when it comes to you know mental aspects of us that situation probably the way you are talking to me it seems that it really had an intense impact on you it really made you rethink your dharma which is a very big thing because i see that you are a very passionate person and you love doing what you are doing right so yeah so if that intensity was there yeah if that intensity happened and you know whatever way so we also need to take rest in such a way that we really feel calmed you know so maybe you need to rest in a little different way you have to ask yourself in what way will i feel nurtured in what way will the, those thoughts you know go away or go away or maybe in what what way i can nurture my mind my spirit my soul so that could be one of the elements mm. yeah I love that absolutely. And yeah, it's so true that sometimes even if our body is resting, our mind is not resting and then we can feel tired just because of our mind being so crazy. And I mean, I've had moments of course that I was resting. I was on two festivals the last two weeks and I was just like, you know, music and friends and all these beautiful things and I felt like I rested there. I didn't even look at my phone. Mm. I just recorded the video or I took a picture from time to time, but I just there was no even no network. So the universe was like, "No, you don't you cannot even be on your phone." right now you cannot even work because there's literally no no option for that so i did feel like i'm resting in some ways uh, with my mind for sure mm-hmm. but it's true that now that i'm like questioning i'm not in a restful phase w- in my mind because i'm questioning constantly so i'm asking myself questions yeah. inside right so it's not really rest if i'm constantly like re-evaluating what i'm doing and how am i supposed to do uh, things and so on so thanks for that reminder because i feel like yeah sometimes we need to have a hygiene of like all parts of us so the body is like resting but then the mind should also rest and even meditation is harder in these uh, phases when exactly. you are in this kind of like loop and even if i if i do my best to just calm down it's so much harder in this state right now than if like in everyday life when i'm like know where i'm going right mm. so what would you do if you had troubles meditating in these phases let's say exactly so when you're shifting from pitta phase to kapha phase which means that you were very fiery at one go and now even though that fire has gone away the mind the mental aspect of us is not deciding or choosing to rest on its own so what we will do is we will go it in a very different way so instead of meditating as per the norm we would maybe meditate in ways which is like releasing of emotions which is like you know sometimes if you are feeling a lot of anger that i put so much effort into it and all of a sudden i'm feeling like that everything is going to trash even if it is not just the feeling of it put it out there express it they can be pillow beating or anything like that meditation in a way which will support this phase in this phase you can't just sit quietly and close your eyes and feel all meditative that's not that's going to be a little harder i would say so just go ahead with very dynamic meditations go ahead with you know more physical movements i heard that you went to for festival so i believe there would be some dancing there would be some expression a time with friends and everything like that that is a good phase and it's no wonder that you were also able to feel restful in your head at that time you know so one thing is to distract yourself other thing is to channel your emotions through that we don't want to avoid the emotions yes but we also don't want them to be always in our subconscious at the back of our head and we don't want to force ourselves to meditate per se right so i would suggest that just dynamic movements or very pitta kind of fiery kind of di- meditations would be the best option right now 
exactly most of the time when spark disappears it's not just because the spark was there not there it was already there but it was also about that society also put certain conditioning onto us that you know okay you do this you decide to be a musician but these are the negative points about being a musician you know that you will have to face this you will have to face this you will have to face that and then all of a sudden you're like okay i can't see my future in it what is the point all of a sudden that usually in when we talk about dharma people who have tendency to start a project and not complete it and leave it midway have very vata tendencies they are very airy so whenever we are dealing with dharma we have to put in effort to whenever we want to put it out there whenever we want to share our interests that we take it through the execution part so that also comes down to psychology aspect of it do you have that personality that anything you start you end up dropping it or are you really interested in the thing that you are saying interested in or did someone else share it with you and all for a quite bit of time you got interested but now you realize that this is not my interest i'm taking on just someone else's interest so yeah so this loss of spark is going to be very individual based as well but usually these are the denominators that end up showing up Mm, beautiful. And do you have any specific tools apart from asking these deep questions, for example, like a meditation or like um, some other kind of psychological work to know where it is caused by our patterns and our um, internal blockages in a way that we just have a pattern of dropping things after a while? Um, or exactly. maybe you have specific like heart connection meditation where you listen to your heart? Because to me, I like to sit in meditation and just really breathe into my heart and then imagine my heart literally in front of my eyes and just have a conversation with it really in meditation. Like, mm. okay, what do you really desire? Like, is this aligned what I'm doing right now? Is this aligned with you? Just literally treating my heart as another person that I'm having a conversation with and I found that connecting to your heart because it's a bridge between our physical and our spiritual world really really helps to um, get clarity on on the next steps so do you have any favorite tools oh yeah so basically in dharma we have actually have a lot of tools for example there's this one thing called dharma chakra method dharma chakra method is all about that how you can channel your dharma through crown is the chakra from where we receive ideas and if we work on our crown then third eye is where we are intuitively attuned to it and we gather on the knowledge throat is when we begin to express it to others heart is where we start sharing it in such a way that it help others you know solar plexus is when the execution starts and you are like okay now i'm confident enough and maybe now i can start my social media page for example sacral is when you're like okay i can feel the joy that it brings to me root is when we are like now i'm going to physically manifest it you know so all of these processes so there is chakra chakra clearing process to it there is inner child healing process to it and the very same process that you said talk to your heart just like that talking to various parts of you okay this part of my mind is saying this my heart is saying this and my body is saying this but i need this D- differentiating between wants and needs is also one of the very relevant you know uh, process whenever we're talking about dharma because there are so many times that someone wants to be like i desire this but i am here accepting where you are is where we start the journey so yeah a lot of methods in regards to chakra healing and talking with your parts and how do you differentiate between needs and desires for, for people who maybe don't know how to separate them both exactly so needs and desires whenever whenever we talk about needs needs come down to very root chakra very base level they are like okay i need this to nurture myself i need this to support myself they are, whenever we we are dealing with 
needs you're gonna be very grounded when you experience them for example food you can't question if I need food or not you don't eat it for a while and then you'll be like okay I'll have to now you know example not uh, that being said there are exceptions as well so yeah uh, similar like that desires desires are gonna be very airy in nature you can just not execute them do they have an executive functioning to them you know I desire that I want this but when needs are something we need to fulfill in a very short duration and we have to be very consistent with fulfilling them for example need to be seen need to be heard you don't feel seen for a very long time and you're not gonna be able to fulfill this desire of yours that is in your head but once needs are fulfilled that's how the process of getting to desire start so yeah so in on a very energetic level desires are gonna be very airy in nature needs are gonna be very grounding in nature they'll put you to ease they will put you in the now while desires are going to be like okay uh, all in the air mm, yeah and desires usually I associate with something as you said needs are like for here and now and we need to take care of them it's more like a instinctual uh, thing rather than something exactly. as a, like a bonus uh, to our life right because needs are more like okay this is a base this is a foundation from where I can go further Whereas desires are more like extras, more like bonuses to our experience as well. But desire can be also very, very strong. And I feel like a lot of spiritual, let's say, people or just generally these ideas um, that desire is something wrong. Or you know, you're not mm. supposed to have desire. Or even I think in Buddhism, some of the people say like, okay, if we don't have desire, we don't suffer. So it's better not to have desire so that we don't suffer. But I actually feel like it's not really about desires because we cannot really stop having desires we can stop being attached to them being fulfilled but it's the attachment yeah. and not the other thing that is causing us suffering not the desire itself so I'm, I'm curious what you think about that oh 100% resonate with it and being working in the field of dharma I think this is one of the common questions that I deal with people who identify as being spiritual because it ends up being I'm meditating I'm being vegan I'm doing this 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 is all of the tick marks that we have being a spiritual person these days and then you talk to them <laughs> and then you're like okay but I'm not supposed to have desires but I'm okay then how is human consciousness ever gonna evolve the moment that enters into the picture we are actually involving the entire humanity had the chat GPT desire not been there we would not have so many resolutions at our hands that's it you know desires are, is how desires can be one of the paths to human evolution and it's not it's not about can be it is actually one of the paths to human evolution so the moment we eradicate desire from it we are eradicating that okay you're gonna live a very passive life then because you don't have any fire any passion for anything you don't want to execute thing and everything like that but that being said I think there could be a desireless path but I don't know if how it is physically gonna happen or mentally gonna happen for a person to all of a sudden decide I'm not gonna desire anymore and it's gonna happen I think this has to flow through you even desire to not have a desire is a desire again so. exactly <laughs> exactly it's still a desire if you don't want to have a desire yeah that's it so if you are so just questioning so it's impossible your to have it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's impossible, but it's actually really funny. I feel like the, the work that we can do internally is just about the resistance to not having this desire met, right? And, but also I feel like with needs, I'm curious about your perspective as well, because like if we're talking about life's pur purpose, but generally also about our fulfillment in life, right? Mm. Like sometimes I feel like we are attached to our needs being met. And is this 
in a way unhealthy because like these are our needs these are our foundations so in your view is this unhealthy to have attachment towards our needs being met because i feel like in my view it might be that if we are attached to a specific person meeting our needs that's not cool but if we are attached in a way where we know that we need this and we are doing the best that we can to meet our needs whether with ourselves or with other people that's actually good for us so what do you think mm, i actually resonate with what you're saying and whenever it comes to needs i like to see even emotional needs just like we see physical needs you know you don't eat food for some time and then all of a sudden after 10 days or maybe even after 2 days only you would be only thinking of food right you can't think of higher purpose at all when you are just so hungry any you know any kind of smell you have any kind of you know just glimpse of taste you have you're going to be craving food again you know so i think same happens with everything you deprive yourself of needs and you're going to want to need them even more and it's not just going to be a desire it's going to be a strong craving so this is one statement that osho once said which i really resonate with he said that whenever i sit with monks they are only talking about sex and whenever i sit with a householder they are only talking about enlightenment because that's the need that you deprived yourself of he you understood so <laughs> you see that right? that's funny that's so yeah. funny <laughs> exactly so that's the point so needs i would say you can't choose not to be attached to them it's like saying that i'm attached to life you are you chose or you are alive basically that's all i would say you are alive right you have to be attached to be living that's it you know so you don't have an option very much you can fulfill those needs and by fulfilling those needs you can actually become more detached than just not fulfilling them if i choose to eat just enough food that is really important for me instead of starving myself to death the food is not going to have a grasp on me I am actually going to be able to let go of the thought of food and I can think about my purpose then just like that get your emotional needs met you know so this is also very common saying that you know don't go for grocery shopping hungry right so just like that do, don't go for you know shopping for your dreams hungry don't go for you know when you have <laughs> when you don't have your basic needs met you know don't go for while you're lonely do not go in search of a partner or something like that go for these things when your basic needs are met so that you don't end up you know grasping on to them too tightly so 100% attachment is not the way but attachment does not come from not at all being you know in alignment with that thing not at all being just being distant does not mean that you detached being with that thing and having the capacity to sit with it and see it being fulfilled and still let go of the outcome would be more of a detachment thing mm and also i want to touch upon this thing where we can't really heal ourselves out of the desire or out of the need i mean we can meet the need and then when, once we meet it as you said we're going to be feeling more whole and feeling more fulfilled and from there we can take action but also desires i feel like sometimes people want to heal themselves out of the desire mm -hmm. and it's true that when we heal sometimes some desires go away right so for example for me in the past i was super anxiously attached so i needed to spend time with people like all the time and when i didn't have this need met i was feeling like negative emotions right whereas mm. now that i've healed a lot of my abandonment wound and other traumas i feel like i don't actually need as much to spend time with people as i used to and also i really need time for myself as well so my needs have shifted as well based on 
how I have been processing uh, my personality and how I've been shifting inside all the programs and patterns that I have. So this is more like a byproduct, um, the exactly. changes in needs and desires and not the aim itself. Like I could not just say, okay, I want to need other people less. I needed to go through all this resistance of not having other people, not having my dad next to me, like, you know, cry out a lot of sadness that people are not there for me or that I can trust them or whatever. And only then I can feel more whole within to not need external um, connection as much, although I still need it. I still feel like I love people and I want to be around them uh, a lot. But also I now need my own space, right? So, um, yeah, I was wondering if you have a perspective on that or a specific your story or client's story um, in, in, yeah, in relation to what I just shared. Oh my God, you just read my mind probably. I was going to say that I want to share a client story on it. <laughs> so, yeah, perfect. So, uh, you just mentioned about anxiously attached, right? So, we have these two dynamics. We actually have three or four of them, secure, anxious, avoidant and disorganized. So, not just in my dharma coaching setup, also in my psychological clients or any other kind of intervention, this shows up to be a very huge topic that you know couple would show up and they would be like okay this partner of mine is very anxious they don't know it further first of all I reveal it to them that you know somehow one of you is avoidant and one of you is anxious and the avoidant one expects okay, okay well, the anxious one should should just learn how to be alone that's it and the anxious one thinks that okay the avoidant one just should know how to be with people why do we, does he have to be all you know avoidant all the time so both of these people think that doing the opposite thing mentally will just do the work why can't someone just do it but the point is we are not actually seeing how we are feeling from inside there is a very deep unmet need down there so the moment you say to the anxious partner that okay just learn to be alone and that's it you'll be fine instead if we go closer to them if we meet their need that why do they feel abandoned at the first place from where does that wounding come from and if no matter what what the anxious partner would need is that okay no matter what happens this person is gonna stick around once they have the trust they're naturally gonna loosen up same with avoidant partner if they get enough space and they know they are still loved they're naturally gonna be wanting to close with people right so this rubber band effect somehow ends up going away the moment we attune to other instead of making judgments and perceptions from the outside so yeah needs how this is how they work so I was recently reading this study with even with kids this happened right that you make a kid just be very you know that you can't do this the more you distent yourself from them the more they're gonna cling the more you're like okay you are you are gonna do this we are gonna be together we are just super immense if the parenting dynamic is the more kid is gonna grow up and be like okay I want to be distant 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 so that safety the need for safety to feel whatever we are feeling and still be accepted no matter what that is one of our needs and the moment we meet that need the effect goes away and I think you shared the very same dynamic in this regards you shared that you know you were anxiously attached and now that that need of yours has been met you can choose to distance yourself from people when the need be and you can choose to be with them instead of anxiously having to have people around you and that's the huge dynamic shift yeah, and you're coming to more and more secure attachment style the more you heal, but I feel like it's inevitable to go through some shitty emotions on the path of, you know, getting this secure attachment. And I'm not saying that I'm perfectly secure, and I don't believe mm -hmm. many people are, really, um, because, like, most people are biased on one or, or the other side, even if it's only a little bit. Uh, but I still feel like we can 
move towards being securely attached and really feeling fulfilled within and fulfilled with other people and that not really changing like whether someone is there or not and I think that that's what I'm aiming for anyway um, mm. and that's what I wish for people to aim for to just feel whole no matter what is happening around <laughs> exactly and i really re uh, resonate when you say that that everyone is on the spectrum you can't be 100% secure forever you know so that has to be always taken into consideration no matter how much the anxious partner is gonna no matter how secure you are if you you are with an anxious partner they're gonna trigger something in you you can naturally behave like an avoidant at times maybe or maybe you know the opposite effect happens so we all have some core wounding inside of us it does not have to be as massive or as small there is no you know differentiation between that but yeah we are gonna lie on a spectrum for sure and it's okay and we can be compassionate exactly. towards ourselves and be like okay that's fine because we are humans so we make mistakes and we are on the spectrum and, and that's completely fine exactly. all right my dear so i have one last question to you where could people find you if they would like to go further with you go deeper maybe see more of your content yeah so i am uh, the major name that i go by shan holistic so you guys can search me on instagram that is where i'm mostly present linkedin is also one of the places but that being said i'm recently going ahead to launch my own brand sondarya sondarya uh, literally means beauty in sanskrit it means inner radiance inner beauty and embodying the divine feminine so i'm soon starting to work on it so yeah you will you can go ahead on my channel shan holistics or you can go on embodying sondarya and I'm going to be hosting the same podcast where you are also going to be the guest so by the same name embodying Sandalia so I think that should be it beautiful thank you so much Sean, for sharing all your perspectives it has helped me for sure I'm going to ask myself some deep questions when we are done for sure and I'm grateful uh, for everything really um, it's yeah. been really really lovely to connect with you thank you so much it's been amazing connecting with you and i'm so happy how magically and how randomly we've connected and how we ended up recording a podcast together to be honest so yeah it was such a sweet and meaningful conversation for me as well thank you so much for having me thank you yeah thank you so much my darlings for listening to our podcast it's been a pleasure to talk to shan and dharma is such a big topic you might want to check her instagram to know more about it and if you want to check me on instagram you go to carolina with k dot k u r a j in polish kurai and if you're interested to join my master manifestation coaching program send me a message on my instagram or you can also send me an email at connect at soulfam.com and also if you want to follow our podcast on instagram it's at we are soul fam so thanks a lot again and sending you much love have a wonderful day